another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. Of the beast. How you doing, Nesbitt? I'm doing great. Fantastic. So today we're going to check one off the list. We've had this one on there for a while. Right. We had uh, Blaze on before Christmas. It was awesome. He's dominated. A few of our more heated debates. Yep. We had an excellent experience with him. And in the interview that we had with him, we talked about Silicon Messiah. Right. Uh, the first album he did coming out of uh, Iron Maiden. Right. Which I said was the best solo album by a member of Maiden. Yes. And back then I was like not 100% sure on that, but I was just yeah. thinking about it. And now after listening to it all this week to get ready for this, yeah. I'm like pretty sure it's my favorite. I was adamant that it was of the albums that I know of the solo guys. Like I don't know all the solo work as well as you do. Yep. But uh, I love it, and I fell in love with it in the prep for the Blaze stuff, um, in the, for the Blaze interview. And I've been listening to it steady ever since, so it's awesome that we get to break it down today. Yeah, I love this album. It's great. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast who don't like Blaze. You see it all the time on Twitter. You see it all the time on, well, I'm not on Facebook, but on like social media, mm. comments, sections on YouTube. People love to like hate on the Blaze era of Maiden. Yeah. Even if you don't like the Blaze era of Maiden... Listen to this episode because this album is amazing. A lot of people, they just identify it. We always go into this, like we said it countless times. People just kind of identify with that, you know, Bruce Dickinson's voice. That's what they think yeah. of when well, they think of Maiden. Well, that yeah, was me. That was me. That's true. That's the journey I took. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, this album, Silicon Messiah, awesome. Yeah. But uh, before, before we get going. Getting there, I feel like I'm going to lose my voice, so maybe I need something to drink. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> that's a good idea. So okay. actually, I did another uh, video of this, and we I showed your... Uh, uh, vinyl in the video as well. All right. So I'll post that on Facebook so people can see the beer. But this beer is a vanilla cranberry stout. It's called Black Tie Affair and it's from Upstreet. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. Ooh, it looks nice. Nice stout. Vanilla stout. You can smell it. Oh, I love God, stout. I love. I might have given you too much there, <laughs> more than you deserve, that's for sure. Um, you know, we're doing another Blaze here, um, and we recently, uh, a month or so ago, we had the Maidens on, and they brought up that Paul uh, had got on stage, so we, you know, some people might say, oh, another Blaze, but we're, we circled a little Paul Diano stuff, so we're going to work him into the medium-term schedule, Yeah, get a little solo. Yeah, we might do yeah. a Paul Diano, yeah, solo album in, mm. I don't know. Eight or nine episodes from now. Yeah, well, we've got a few things coming up that we've talked about. Yeah. Oh, this is really good beer. This is fantastic. No, really nice, anyway. Beautiful yeah. label, too. Black Tie Fair. Thumbs up for me. Yeah, it's a thumbs up for me. So, people are probably like, oh, these guys are obsessed with Blaze. Why do these guys talk about Blaze so much? Because yeah. we had the Blaze episode, and now we're doing a Blaze solo album. The reason we're doing this one so soon, well, I was planning on doing this one eventually, is I kind of turned... Josh around from being a not fan of Blaze to a fan of Blaze and I made him listen to this album when we were getting ready for the Blaze interview and he just loved it and he wants to do it he wants to like I want to do this album right yeah. away yeah I did yeah. yeah I want to do this album I wouldn't say I, I, I didn't like Blaze I was blissfully ignorant I yeah, didn't want to true. know anything and yeah. I just kept arguing I was like no yeah. it's not I'm not you know it's like where I draw the line around yeah. Led Zeppelin and that like at some stage you gotta stop collecting right yeah. <laughs> and it's for me it's just a sanity thing <laughs> oh I don't want to listen to that you know, but uh, yeah, this album, I mean, uh, and you've got the vinyl and it's a pretty rare one, isn't it? Um, it's not that rare. It's just kind of hard to, it's hard not to hard find. to find. It's hard to find one without spending some 
some coin. cash on it. Yeah. Yeah. So a low print run, and you know. Yeah, it's the fifteenth anniversary double vinyl that I have here. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's the fifteenth anniversary. So there was no release in in two thousand when this came out. Oh, nice. On vinyl. Yep. So do you want to get into it? Let's dive in. So I'll give you a little, little, you know, background on the album, and then we'll get right into the tracks. And I got tons of clips. Yeah, so the context for me on this album, you know, we started listening to it in the lead up to the Blaze um, interview. Blaze had a good body of work. We covered it in, in, in the lead up in that interview. Yep. Then he joins Maiden. Then he leaves Maiden. Um, of course, obviously, Bruce comes back. Yeah. Um, what, late 99? Well, I'll go back to when he's in. So he's in Maiden, yeah. 1998. Virtual Eleven's out. The tour is ongoing. Blaze, you know, he's struggling a bit. He has some, like, uh, vo- vocal problems, voice problems. Yeah. You know, he has to cancel a bunch of shows. He canceled nine in a row in July into August of 1998. Canceled nine Maiden shows. Um, they're playing kind of smaller crowds, smaller venues, uh, in North America especially. Because mm-hmm. um, I was looking online on Wikipedia. At the Virtual Eleven tour, and you have all the tour dates listed and the venues, and it doesn't really mean anything to, much to me because I don't really know many. But then I saw one of them is the Joint, which is a place in Vegas where I saw Guns N' Roses in 2012. Yeah, it was like Axel's Guns N' Roses, the before yeah. the reunion, um, which is actually that's a really good show. And uh, they actually made a, there's a Blu-ray of that concert oh. that I was at. Yeah, um, but this I saw that and I was like the Joint, like the Joint is a small place. There's like yeah. four thousand people, I think, capacity. Like, that's not much for Maiden to be playing, no, right? it seems really, yeah. So you can tell they're kind of in a lull, in a bit of a decline. Yeah. Still touring and, like, you know. <laughs> there were a myriad of factors there. The time wasn't a great time for metal. That's true. Um, metal wasn't really yeah. cool at the time. So. Yeah. They were on the the back of, let's not forget that, you know, um, X Factor and Virtual Eleven were not so great, well-received. But the yeah. albums, the two albums before it by Maiden, were not particularly strong either. That's right. And uh, we haven't broken down No Prayer or Fear, you know, Right. We're yet. doing No Prayer soon. Yeah. And we're doing No Prayer soon. Very soon. But I mean, they weren't exactly like, you know, there wasn't Power Slave and then all of a sudden Blaze has taken them to a... No. You know. Yeah. yeah. So they're touring around. They're kind of dabbling in like writing their next album. Um, I got a quote from Blaze, and he said, I knew the third album was going to be a hit. The third album would be the one that proved taking such a huge leap with a different vocalist would finally pay off. But of course, that never happened. So yeah. he was kind of writing with Maiden. And I read an uh, interview with Adrian. The guy asked him if Blaze worked on any of the songs that went on to be on Brave New World. Yeah. And Adrian says, uh, yeah, you're right. Nomad is one of them. The others are Dream of Mir- Mirrors and Mercenary. I can't remember the fourth one. But then I read an interview with Blaze who says Blood Brothers was the fourth. Yeah. So for those are four really strong tracks of Blaze. So that would have been, the third Blaze album would have been like. Would have been good. Would have been amazing, I think. Yeah, and you know what? Blood Brothers is a song I could see him doing really Oh, yeah, well. totally. Yeah. yeah. So they're finishing the Virtual Eleven tour December 98. Uh, this kind of getting to be like some weird, like bad vibes in the band. I think everyone's just kind of down. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, Blaze tells a story about this uh, sold-out Brazilian show. Uh, they did their final song and went off, and Blaze was getting ready to go out and do the encore, and the rest of the band just left, so there's no encore. Wow. So Blaze kind of picked up on these vibes, and he knew something was kind of up. Yeah. He says it was kind of a shock when he was fired, but he, I think he kind of knew it was coming. So I looked it up. I looked that show up, and it's in Rio, and it's December 5th, 1998. The set list is Future Real, Angel and the Gambler, Man on the Edge, Lightning Strikes Twice, Heaven Can Wait, Klansman, When Two Worlds Collide, Two Minutes to Midnight, Educated Fool, Sign of the Cross, Fred Shoots Strangers, Hallowed Be Thy Name, Evil That Men Do, Fear of the Dark, Iron Maiden, and then they go off, but then there's no encore at all. Wow. 
Wow, that's a pretty blaze heavy set, actually. It is very heavy. The yeah. six from Virtual Eleven and two from X Factor. Yeah, out of wow. fifteen. So, wow. There's also a story that like Nico was the one that really pressed heavy to get Bruce back. Like yeah. I think Nico was very vocal yeah. about it within the band. Yeah, I um, can see that too. Yeah, he did an interview since, like, in the last few years. And he basically kind of admitted he was the one that went to Steve and kind of pushed for it. Yeah. Everyone says Rod Smallwood was kind of behind it. Um, But I think it was kind of a general feeling in the whole band. They were kind of frustrated, I guess. Um, And like you said earlier, like, metal was kind of in a decline at the time. Yeah. It was like peak grunge, and these Blaze albums came out, and I don't know. Maiden's not exactly a cool thing to be into when, like, Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains are... In the top 10 you know i know it is yeah. tough you know and and sometimes you need to shake things up sometimes you got to move out a really good quarterback or even a good you know yep. centerman in hockey and and uh just to shake it up yeah and it's not like they kicked yeah. bruce out like bruce left and they bruce left yeah. Yeah. but trying something different is yeah you gotta kind of so give it up to them to try when, something when did he uh when did he leave exactly so after the south american tour that i was just talking about Blaze gets a call from Sanctuary and Rod Smallwood for a meeting. They go to a boardroom. They're all sitting around a table. All the members of Maiden are there. No one will make eye contact with them. It's like really awkward. Well, Blaze just asks and he's like, is Bruce coming back? And Rod says yes. And so I've got a quote here from an interview with Blaze. And he said, uh, this is his response when they tell him that he's out of the band and that Bruce is coming back. He says, the world is a better place with Maiden in it. I want the band to continue. As, and as hard as this is for me, if this is what it takes, then get Bruce back. Oh, so, wow. It's a class, class act. act. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that's pretty cool. He's getting kicked out of the band. And uh, he made this, like... Anyway, I read in this interview that he made this, like... He says he made this conscious decision when that happened that he was never going to say a bad word about Maiden or his time in Maiden. He's just, you know... Yeah. That's it, a smart it was all good. Yep. Yeah. So he's kind of surprised. Um, this is after the Virtual 11 tour. So he has this Christmas break after the South American tour. And then in January, he comes back and he's like out of the band. Yeah, so he, he starts his own own band. Yeah. Uh, Bruce comes back and he starts touring with them right away right. while they're writing. I think we, yeah. we talked about that. I yeah, think. and we're going to yeah. get into that. I have a bunch of uh, notes made for that for when we do Brave yeah. New World, Yeah. which we haven't done yet. Okay. Dying to do that one. That'll be cool. Yeah, so then he, it, it is a funny one because he's talked about how hard it was. But then he comes out of it and writes what's possibly his best album ever. But it, it, it is but really... But this album's yeah. so solid. Yeah, it is. And the really cool thing is he comes out and there are, as we get through the tracks, there are, you know, some you could question or some throwbacks of some Maiden stuff. But the whole concept, Silicon Messiah, and the whole thing about evolution, Step Forward, is actually incredibly timely and kind of outside of Maiden's genre at the time. But like yeah. this, this was written like the year after Matrix. Yeah, and right. there's some hints to that in some of the Blaze era Maiden songs, sort of. Yeah. Well, well Future Although, Real when you think of Future yeah. Real, it's just a title. Like, Future yeah. Real literally doesn't talk about any of this stuff. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. Just because, yeah. There's yeah. a few, like, titles and, like, a line or two here and there. But he doesn't. they don't really get into it in Maiden. Yeah, and it's cool because sometimes yeah. you see people do this, like, futuristic metal. And it's really cool lyrical space right because yeah. you know you can get only get so much clansman medieval nonsense too like, yeah. nonsense i <laughs> yeah. love it but you know what i mean like yeah. there's there comes a point yeah you know world war ii and and you know D yeah. genres get, get it's true he kind of stepped out and did something completely unique yeah but there are a few tiebacks in the tracks that, yeah. you know that that, that that we'll get into yeah so yeah he comes out and he has a bunch of ideas left over from when he's in Maine yeah. from his writing and he decides to put this band together, and he keeps Sanctuary as his management, uh, which is the same management from Maiden. Maiden had at the time, yeah. 
which kind of comes back to bite him later on. I'll get into that like later, maybe when we're done. Steve Ray is the first person to join his band. Steve Ray placed an ad in Kerrang! magazine, a guitar player looking for a band. Mm-hmm. And Blaze calls him up. They get together, and they write Stare at the Sun and The Brave uh, from this album. The first day they get together. Wow. So that's like... Two of my favorite tracks. Yeah, I know. know, Two of my favorite four, actually. And Steve Ray also had a demo tape on a four track with a bunch of riffs on it. And one of those riffs turns into Ghost in the Machine, which is another awesome track. Mm. Uh, Then they get uh, John Slater and Andy Naylor as guitarist and bass player. Uh, Blaze puts these like ads out looking for band members. And they submit demo tapes and Blaze invites them over and they get the job. Yeah. And then they get Jeff Singer on drums, and he gets recommended to Blaze. Uh, awesome drummer. That sounds like a very quick process, but Blaze actually says he got approximately 1,000 responses to his ad. So he got like hundreds and hundreds of demo tapes and bios sent in. Oh, no, you're not going to break down the 1,000, are you? So starting out, I'm going to go through them in order. No. In order. No, no, no. <laughs> but they get the final lineup of the band. Blaze Bailey on vocals, Steve Ray on guitar, John Slater on guitar, Rob Naylor on bass, and Jeff Singer on drums. And that's the lineup of the band called Blaze. Nice. It it is interesting how he's gone from, like, Blaze the band to Blaze Bailey and, you know, but... Yeah, well, that's because there's a... I guess if we do more Blaze stuff, I can get into what happened with the band and how this band kind of, like, gradually kind of broke up. And There's a lot of stuff happens in the Blaze band. But they stick together for two albums and a live album. Yeah. Which are all awesome. Like, this yeah. lineup of Blaze's band is, like, the best. And this album and the next album are both great. This yeah, one so is slightly which better. album follows this? Tenth uh, Dimension. Tenth Dimension. Yeah. Because I haven't listened to that much. Just the few we put on the overall yeah. Blaze playlist. Yeah. And, you know, I went through the uh, the Infinite Entanglement trilogy yeah. a little bit. And I love that. Yeah. But I've really focused on this album. So I got to get into that one next. Um, you know, in episode 150, we'll review that one maybe. Yeah, we'll give it. We'll get. Back we'll go to another it. 50 episodes yeah. before we do another Blaze. So. Yeah, we'll be we'll be a while out. Although I do want to do the Infinite Entanglement. Okay, awesome. So yeah. he's got his band together. They, they get together yeah. and they demo three songs. So they do yeah. "Born as a Stranger," "Identity," and "The Day I Fell to Earth," which isn't on this album. Yep. Um, it's a bonus track on. It's on this double. There's there's three here. bonus tracks in, in South America, right? Yeah, and they're on this reissue here. Yeah. Um, they're pretty good. I'm not really going to get into them. Yeah, we'll talk at the end. Yeah, we'll talk them at the end, but I'm not going to break those ones down the way I'm going to break down the album tracks. Yeah, because I don't uh, even have those, so I didn't really listen to them. Well, that last one I just said, The Day I Fell to Earth, that was their third demo. I've got a clip of it here, just a really short clip. Yeah, so that's a, that's one of the songs that ended up as a bonus track. But that was one of the first three ones that they recorded on their demo. So that And that song has like a minute and a half of amazing guitar solos in it. It's super solid. Um, so they take these three demos to a record company. Record companies don't like it at all. Can't get any interest from any... No one will bite from record companies. Blaze decides to fund the whole thing himself. The recording, the mixing, packaging, 
everything. He funds it himself. Well, I assume he left Maiden. He got a good severance. Yeah. And yeah. I think he blew most of it on, <laughs> on this album. Fair. Um, so summer in 1999, he records this album, completely funded by himself. It's finished December 1999. The album's done December 1999. It doesn't come out until May 22nd, 2000. And that's where there's a lot of controversy. Um, the management and the distributor, it's, their distributor was like SPV. They decide to release the solo Blaze album seven days before Brave New World comes out. Why? Uh, and not only that, they released Wicker Man in April. So Blaze's album gets sandwiched between these two hugely yeah. anticipated Maiden releases. Was, but was, was that strategic to think that it would bump them up? Or? No, I, I don't know. But this to- like they sat, basically, Blaze gave them the album. They sat on it. And they just released oh, it there. Cruel. It's basically got buried by the Maiden releases. That's cruel. Right? It totally overshadowed this. Yeah. Right? Like if you were, and think about if you were, you know, gonna buy an album back then. Yeah. It's not like now where I just buy both albums. Yeah. Like you're basically trying to budget which album you're gonna get. And if there's a Blaze album and a Maiden album. Yeah, after you left. Especially if it's the reunion it, album, right? But if it was like six months, you know, if it was after, if it was that fall. Yeah, if this had came year, out three months earlier, been like, oh, it definitely would have. And I think without a Maiden album to overshadow it, this would have like blown up into Not like, that, huge. Yeah, it could have also changed the narrative that like, you know, the band was a little bit dysfunctional. He goes off and writes a really good album on his own. You know, yeah. maybe that's what they were and afraid I of. And I think I've heard some interviews with people that kind of think... That's sort of what happened with the management company. They're kind of like, we can't have this awesome album come out and everyone be like, whoa, Blaze left and look what he's doing. Yeah. And then the Maiden album comes out. So there's a bit of a, I don't know if it's like a conspiracy theory or if there's any truth to it, but it kind of seems weird that they would get this album completely funded and paid for by Blaze. He just gives it to them and that's it, you know? So it's kind of mishandled. I read in one of my books, Blaze does an interview with him. He says he was touring, opening for Halloween uh, around, I think, Europe it was. And he said he would stop in, like, a town where he was playing his whatever gig he had. And he would go to, like, record stores, and there'd be his album wouldn't be in any of the stores. So he's touring around, and he's like, none of the, store, none of the stores had my album yeah, in stock. Uh, like, that was you know just, what I mean? Yeah, he picked a run distributor. Like, you yeah. need to have terms and conditions in there so you can pull that. Yeah. And he's like, uh, I thought maybe they were sold out. Of, the, of my record but he's like then I look at my bank account and there's like nope <laughs> oh no oh my god that's cruel so completely mismanaged that solo bump after you leave Maiden that's a big album for you breaching out and this is so good yeah like you gotta time that one perfectly right oh man that's so. brutal and what also frustrates me is there was a 15 year release and you still can't get the vinyl now like how's that possible uh, I guess it was a limited release so. yeah yeah I'll just look on the internet if you want to buy a used <sighs> one yeah. I know. But you never know what you're getting on the internet. <laughs> There's a bunch of those popping up every now and then because I have a, an alert for them when they, when a new one comes for sale. But they're like going for like 80 or 90 euros. Yeah, I know. So well, my birthday's coming up in only 10 months. <laughs> there <we> go. <laughs> yeah. So first Blaze album, it's amazing. His voice finally matches the music. So he's singing songs meant for his range. Yeah. And I've got a quote from Bruce Dickinson here and it's specifically him talking about Silicon Messiah. And Bruce says, I actually like that album. I'll probably get shot for this, but I thought he was so much better than with Maiden. Yeah. So that's Bruce saying that. It's pretty original sounding for like metal at the time too, I think, this album. Uh, It's heavier than Maiden. It is heavier. I looked at the guitar tabs online and stuff. A lot of it's in drop D tuning. Yeah. So it's heavier. Like Maiden doesn't really do that. Well, Adrian just kind of started doing that. The two guitarists on this album, John Slater and Steve Ray, they're almost like... I know I'm gonna about to compare them to like Dave and Adrian. 
Because, yeah. like, John Slater is more of, like, the Adrian role with, like, the melodies and the planned out solos. And it seems like Steve Ray kind of has these, like, blistering high-energy solos. Yeah. And, like, I know they the guys in Blaze's band wouldn't want to be compared to Maiden members like that. Because they kind of want to get out of the shadow of Maiden and they're kind of doing their own thing. Mm. I'm sure they would hate it if we're like, oh, they're just like this and this. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, we're an Iron, oh, Maiden. We're do we're an Iron Maiden podcast, so yeah. everything gets compared to Maiden. It's compared to and all through this album, because we're about to get into the tracks, I'm always talking about the solo by this guy and the solo by that guy. Yeah. So in order to figure out, whenever I say someone plays a solo, yeah. I looked online at every YouTube video you could find, and I watched a whole bunch of like clips, basically, and kind of identified who in the video who was playing each solo and made notes. Yeah. So... If maybe I get something wrong, if like one of the songs I say the solo is by this guy, but it's actually by the other guy. When they do it live, it's by the guy that I'm saying. So I'm assuming that the guy yeah. playing live is the guy that plays it on the You're album. You're making the assumption they're not switching them up in the studio yeah. and then doing them different live. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah. So I get people that nitpick me when I make mistakes, yeah, which be, is fine. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I didn't... The You know, there are some great solos and stuff, but it yeah. didn't stand out to me that there was two separate guitars. Certainly not a strong difference in tuning, unless you point it out. And yeah. I'll probably notice it. Yeah, you will when I point. Yeah. There's a couple of those two-part solos, or you know how they Maiden does that? Yeah. And you can kind of notice different styles when you do that. But most of the solos are uh, John Slater. He has this style. It's like really, it's melodic, but it's really like, I don't know how to describe it. Technical, clean sounding, but it's, I don't know. It's yeah. really cool. And the drumming on this album, like you said, Jeff Singer. Wow. Awesome. Excellent. He doesn't overplay like a lot of those like thrashy drummers do. And like you said, with the double kick, he does it sparingly. Yeah, it's it's so, like little accents so accurate, here and there. I don't even know how he does that. Yeah. It's insane. The whole band sounds like super, super tight. Okay. It's just like awesome. So before we get into it, how's the beer? The beer is awesome. This beer is really Loving good. it. I'm, I gotta be honest, like I'm not a huge stout fan and, and I would I would never drink this over Guinness normally, but it's a nice taste. That's you know what I mean? Whenever you have these like vanilla stouts here. You're just like, oh, this is neat. You know, it wouldn't become your go-to beer, but it's good. You know, I'm getting through it here. Yeah. So I'm enjoying this. <laughs> the other yeah. thing is, I don't know if you want to talk about this at the end, but like, mm. or we'll just talk about it now. Yeah. Not a concept album. No. Uh, the next album, 10th Dimension, is a full concept album. I get a quote from Blaze. He says, my first album, Silicon Messiah, is a partially a concept album. Yeah. So that's it. I don't know. I, I think there's as as much of a theme in here as, as in most of the albums we yeah. cover. But then we're gonna get into that discussion again about like what is a concept. No, album. we're not doing that. But yeah, there is a constant theme running through all this. So you wanna get in the first track? I do. I am Blaze Bailey. You're listening to Talking Maiden, the podcast of the beast. Possibly the best podcast in the world. I'm running out of my time. So Ghost in the Machine. So I said, you said, uh, you know, the Brave and the uh, Stare at the Sun were, you know, kind of came out in the first two days when he got together with what Steve Ray. Um, Ghost in the Machine, and you know, I'll save my other one for uh, a moment. Well, it's a title track. That's one of my favorite tracks in this album. Yeah, this it just starts awesome. so, so awesome. What an awesome opener, right? Yeah. So as soon as you hear this, it's very, mm-hmm. you know, they've taken a big step from Maiden. Like this is the intro guitar riff, and this is heavier than anything you'll hear on a Maiden album. awesome yeah it's so cool. heavy yeah i love 
there's a little detail too. I love how the lyrics come in. Like Blaze is singing really low, and he comes in gradually harmonizing with himself, and then like the original vocals kind of fade out, and he's singing an octave higher for the rest mm. of the song. I've got a clip of that too. Like, I just love the way that his vocals kind of transition in. Right on the edge of the world, where the answer's digital, and the solutions are Yeah, that's deadly, and I love this. But that guitar riff that he, that they kick off there that carries through like the first three or four songs almost. Yeah, know I, mean? I know like, what you I mean. It's like a similar, feeling. it's chunky sounding, like yeah, crunchy metal riffs, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it gives a really good start to the album, yeah. and uh, an awesome, um, an awesome chorus in this one. Blaze knows how to write like a really good vocal hook. Yeah, he does. And right out of the gate on the on the opening track, like you get this super super catchy chorus. so catchy i love this song i love it and the cool thing too is that melody of the chorus they use that exact melody or a variation of it on the guitar solo so it kind of reinforces that whole melody so when you hear the like the solo from the song you get like the same melody that like blaze is singing That's John Slater. That's one of the ones I watched uh, live and wrote down who played what, and that's him playing that. Yeah. But it's great songwriting, right? They kind of like, he's not doing this like blistering show off metal solo that you hear yeah. a lot in metal. It's just like this, it suits and fits the song perfect. Like it's, yeah. it's awesome. And I love that. I love it when they use the, uh, the, the chorus, like the vocal melody. Yeah. Like they do that in Smells Like Teen Spirit and uh, like, we're not going to take it by Twisted Sister. Yeah, like they kind, of, you know what I mean. They kind of bring the that melody back as part of the solo. I love that. Yeah, this this is such a strong opener to the album. I find this song makes me want to listen to the album just because I double click it and then like I'm, I'm listening to it and I'm coding or whatever. Yeah, and then it's like an hour later and or you know and it's stare at the sun and yeah. then I'm like I'm listening again. Well, I've had that. It's yeah. funny you say that because I've had that happen where I have like a maiden mix or something that's like a shuffle shuffled content or whatever some playlist i've made and as soon as like there's a few songs actually like half the songs in this album as soon as one of these like shuffles into the mix yeah i just go instantly go go to the album and i'm like i want to hear the whole album now yeah it's awesome it sucks you right in as an opener the song like blows me away i love it yeah evolution yeah up next really cool tune carries the continues the rift it's yeah. in between it's sandwiched between silicon Messiah and time next two of my favorite tracks in the yeah. album i like it it's kind of just keeps the album this song is i 
I was like you. I thought that this one was kind of like a bridge between those two songs. Mm. But I think I like this one better yeah. than those two songs now. Prove me wrong. This is awesome. So it starts out with the riff that they play like the in the chorus. So the chorus riff they open the song with. And Blaze just starts like belting it out. And you can hear how these songs like they're written by Blaze and he writes for his like range. Mm. So he just like nails all the vocals. Like in Maiden, sometimes he was kind of forced to sing stuff that's a little of his range. It was a strain for him. Yeah. But here, he's just like writing these songs. When he can control the songwriting, I think like he just comes up with stuff that he like knocks out of the park vocally. Yeah. Like I love this is another one. He starts off kind of restrained singing and then he just starts like belting out the lyrics. Eyes never tire, they never blink, they never fade. So yeah, I just love the way that his vocals start and how they yeah. ramp up. It's, it's, an, it's an excellent vocal track. For me, Ghost in the Machine starts so strong silicon. That's why I find this. Now, Ghost in the Machine, which is awesome because obviously I love AI stuff and I'm always reading about like soulless machines. Yeah. Then the whole idea of evolution, which everybody's talking about evolution. Well, I read a clip yeah. about, so I'm interrupting you, but I read a clip on Ghost in the Machine, or it's in the liner notes actually. Yeah. And he said like, what happened for Ghost in the Machine? He's like, what happens when like a human's consciousness gets put into a hard drive he's yes. like are you a person anymore or are you just like a ghost in a machine exactly like, what? yeah and so then, he loves to explore these things which is awesome but then he talks about, and then the the evolution piece yeah the transition and then that's the really interesting piece that when you talk about the ghost in the machine is there's a whole debate going on is like do ai have a soul and then the other piece of it, evolution is do we merge with machines or be replaced by machines right. do we build a, it or is there some way we can merge it the ray kurzweil for people yeah. like that are into that and then the Silicon Messiah, the title track, like that just starts so strong. This is two, what, 2000, well, two th- yeah, 2001 it was released. No, 2000 was released, sorry. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, I'm studying computer science at the time anyway and uh, loving the Matrix. The timing was perfect and that oh, he, that opening is so good that I definitely push back on, on this not being a concept album. Anyway. Yeah, it kind of fits in. I, I agree. Yeah. Like I, When I first was going through this, I was looking through the, trying to pick some sort of story yeah. Out of like the lyrics, but I didn't really get anything. But like, definitely, there's a theme running through all this, so it yeah. might not be like a technically a concept album. But so the reason I bring that up now is yeah. because I find the evolution track here now. Like, I don't like the the I find the the two choruses, Ghost Machine, Silicon Messiah, that that edge it are just so strong and up there. But this one, if you see, hear the way he's singing it, like you were just talking about, it's such a blaze uh, chorus and it's awesome. He's like explaining it to me and it just like bridges it. And it's yeah. like, to me, it starts off with like the Silicon Messiah's being born, right? It's like these three tracks. It's awesome. Yeah, it's cool the way it like, yeah, yeah there's an arc there between those totally three. Totally cool. So we, we were just talking about the verses of this song, but the, yeah. the catchy, there's a pre-chorus that's super catchy. He has a cool kind of electronic effect on his voice. He's like talking about the age of machines and like oh, humans evolving into machines. And his vocals kind of take on this like electronic tone. The age of machines destined to rule the machines behind the firewall. The age of machines destined to rule the 
I first heard that, I, I love that. But that's also something that was done a lot in the 90s and late 90s. But I never thought about it in the context of the theme till now. That's actually yeah. really cool. Yeah, it's cool. He gets yeah. that like effect on his voice. It's, it, I don't know. It's awesome. Yeah. And the guitar solo on the song. And then remember we're t- talking about uh, how Blaze's vocal his vocals get this kind of like effect on it. So the ending of the song, like I have a, a shorter a little short clip of the end of the song, but the way the song ends, it's got this like metal riff going, and then it just kind of like evolves, I guess because evolution evolves into this like electronic noise. And by the time the song's done, it's just this like mechanical electronic noise. Yeah. So. The song's called Evolution, and to end the song this way, it's a really cool idea. I don't know whose idea it was. Some would say it's bang on concept. So the song kind of just, like, evolves into this noise, which is kind of cool. Evolves. And then straight into the t- title track, Silicon Messiah. Yes, perhaps. Definitely in my top three tracks in the album. Oh, yeah, it's up there anyway, for sure. Yeah, amazing. Uh, I love this track. It's, you know, it's got a really cool intro, a really cool build-up. Killer guitar riff. Once it gets going, it's like rocks. And it has this yeah. cool breakdown in the middle. You know how we always talk about like a good song, the, the lyrics and the feel of the music matches the lyrics? Like the the music suits the theme perfectly. The I do. Theme. Although you break it down like that, and you yeah. make sure that all the theme and the concept and all fits together. Yeah. Me, the I, guitar tones do it for me. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it like I enjoy red wine. I'm like, oh, red wine. I taste. It. I'm like, mmm, tastes good or tastes bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I listen to. It, I'm like, oh, I like this song. I, I know. Like I dissect them a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Big time. You're like, well, you know, who sniffed the grape? <laughs> you know. And yeah. But the chorus in the song is another one where it's like super catchy with awesome harmonies. Reshape your world, Messiah, Messiah. Birth of the Silicon Messiah, Messiah, Messiah. Abusing your future, so therefore I super catchy man it's awesome i'd go so far as to say this is some of the best metal drumming for me like oh, yeah. i just absolutely love like metal drumming of this of this type like i'm not i don't i don't quest after i don't love it like i think more like you know i love nico but i don't consider him like a hardcore metal drummer you know what in, in the sense I know of like mean. the yeah. really low level bass yeah and um what he does in this album like this song is awesome drumming yeah. but the whole album is amazing it's so tight like yeah. uh, the, the rhythm section of this band is like 
super tight. Yeah. It's awesome. I'll be honest. When I first heard this album, I thought like, is this somehow a, a techno drum or something like that? Yeah. He's using? very precise sound. Cause it's so <laughs> yeah. perfect. Especially the, like the, uh, the bass pedal runs. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. I mean, Dave Grohl couldn't do that. Uh, he might be able to. It's a double kick. So yeah. I don't know. I think a lot of metal drummers do it. I think we're yeah. just not used to listening to that kind of metal. That's right. So me and you are like super floored by how awesome it is. Yeah, well... But when people overdo it, those blast beats that I hear yeah. in a lot of that metal, it just turns me right off. But here, in on this yeah. album, he uses it, like, like I said, like accents. Yeah. And when he does use it, it makes an impression instead of just being like background. That's noise. right. And this this shows my like lack of metal knowledge because I'm only so metal. And uh, But whenever I hear like the hardcore double basses, I always associate it with like screaming and out of, out of yeah. pitch vocals. Like yeah. so many bands, like even though I loved Pantera for a while, like it just that's what I associate it with, and it's just not a type of music I yeah. like. I know normally, mean. but this this album is like perfect metal for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. the thing is, like, I think a lot of people think to make metal heavy, yeah, you have to do everything faster and heavier and harder. Yeah. But really, you just need to do it. I don't know. It's just a, like to me, a heavy song is like yeah, it it gives you the feeling of being heavy. It doesn't necessarily have to like hit you over the head with like everything. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'm not into like the super heavy. Yeah. Well, I do like I like I only have one Slayer album. I only know one Slayer album really. I know yeah. like one or two other songs. And all this like newer metal that seems like super heavy to me, but it just seems like I don't know. Like to me, a crunchy guitar riff and the tone of your guitar makes it heavy. Yeah. And just uh, I don't know. It's like a, I guess it's just a feeling that you get from it. Not necessarily. It doesn't have to be like double kicks all the way through and blast beats and yeah, whatever. Like to me, after a while, that makes it not heavy because where do you go from that? You can't like. Yeah. accent anything or take it up you know what i mean i do i don't know i don't really know what i'm talking about because i don't listen to that type of metal no. but if there's people out there that are like you're wrong well, listen no. to this man listen to that band yeah. well then uh, go to a... talkingmaiden.com slash talk leave us a soundbite and if you disagree with anything leave us yeah. uh yeah we'll put it but, on the but you have to if if you're advocating for that you have to like scream through the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding don't do that the other thing about this song is so i don't know who sings background on the album but when they do it live John Slater does background vocals for the song. And like, I got a clip of the song live and like Blaze nails it live. Like when he writes his own material, he he just like knocks it out of the park. I said this, I sound like, a, by the time I'm done this, I'm going to sound like a broken record saying this, yeah. but like Blaze's vocals are amazing on this. And the background vocals on this really stand out to me too. Um, this is a clip from a live version of Silicon Messiah. vocals on the live version it that's sounds awesome. so cool yeah that's awesome this is i think some of the the uh, best vocal work on the album yeah when he yeah. built out that chorus man he just like that's kills so it the next track yeah. so that's like three awesome songs and then born as a stranger yeah so this is one of the first songs they did when they started writing for this album and this is like a total rocker and blaze man he can just write catchy vocal hook after catchy vocal hook so this is like the pre-chorus and the chorus of the song. Baby. 
Track number four, I, I, like to me, you're all like into like nine and ten ter- territory. Oh, all of them yeah. are, are top rating. This is this is such an awesome tune. Solo on this one's awesome too. So this is this is one of the two guitarists doing like half of the solo each. So they start off doing like a harmony guitar part, which is cool, and then John Slater plays, and then Steve Ray plays. Yeah. It's it's really cool. It's super melodic, and then it goes into this like super heavy blistering part. Yeah. Which is kind of shows you their two styles. Because I mentioned this earlier. This is an example where we're going to hear the two guitarist styles. So it's a harmony, then John Slater, then Steve Ray. their two styles are kind of different um they play off each other really great so anyway yeah these two guys yeah that's awesome yeah deadly track yeah i mean it's just been perfect to this point yeah and then live when they do the song there's a breakdown in the middle and blaze used to use that as uh, like this doing this audience interaction kind of like how you know how maiden does with running free the kid gets the audience on the go got like first four songs they're all up tempo really yeah. catchy and then you hit this song which is a bit of a slower song it's a but it's track. not like it's not like a power ballad though it's kind of a heavy sludgy thing and i think it's really great in the sequence of the album because it kind of switches up the feel of the album the intro kind of makes you think you might be entering power ballad territory because it's kind of a slow intro but it kicks in and then like listen to this riff when it kicks in
So that kind of reminds me of like Alice in Chains almost, that like riff. If yeah. you added some weird Jerry Cantrell harmony over the vocals for this track, you could pass it off as an Alice in Chains song. Yeah, so this really track, cool. The Hunger, seven minutes long, Yeah. Um, right after Born as a Stranger, um, it's their second longest track on the album besides Stir the Sun. Yeah. So it is, there is a pretty epic track. It's got a good build up. Yeah. I like yeah. Blaze singing these longer songs, right? Because, yeah. I mean, he, he can, and where it's a bit slower in pace, he can really belt out and sustain these notes. Yeah. And he sounds awesome. It's really cool. Yeah, it's an excellent, excellent yeah. tune. I love the lyrics too. I live at right angles to people that I meet. Uh, this was a slow grower for me because at first yeah. I thought this was a bit of a lull in the album, but this is like a top track for me. Yeah. I love it. The dynamics between like the chorus and the verses and the riffs. I don't know when he says ruled that ruled by the hunger that part. Yeah, uh, it's just super heavy with like chugging guitars. Yeah, I love it. It's a slow grower though. I uh, you know I always talk about track position and I always talk about like an album feel. But I, I notice, like, I listen, start off in an album, and then, like, in the middle, sometimes I'll fade out just because I'm back to work yeah. or I'm doing something, I'm thinking about something. So, like, I, I've skipped over this track a lot in my mentally. But I love this part of the album, but it, it kind of lulls for me in the sense of it's just not as defined as the first three yeah. or four tracks are just so on. And, and it's also just you sit back, you get relaxed, you get comfortable. I mean, it's more of my personality than anything. Yeah. But um, it's a long track. But after four... Yeah. Of those super catchy, heavy yeah, you're just rockers. exhausted. But then, and then you hit the hunger yeah. fifth. I think it's a good like little break before it goes into the brave, which is the next track. It is, yeah. which is like right up. The tempo comes right up again, and you get the super catchy rocker. Yeah, this one's up there with uh, for me with the um, you know uh, the title track, Ghost in the Machine, and Stare at the Sun. These are probably yeah. my four favorite. I just love it. But one it's... thing with the song is it like there's a full on Maiden style gallop with yes. the rhythm section. another super solid guitar solo this one's yeah. steve ray you know i like that there's not a lot of like mindless shredding on this album the solos like contribute to the songs a lot but this is another one this one kicks ass like this is awesome solid track yeah. you haven't hit a bad track yet on this album we haven't we i think haven't. it's great i'm actually looking at it i'm like where am i gonna get negative you know and yeah the lyrics do kind of sum up blaze's career like you yeah. said earlier it's like fortune favors the brave, risking it all again and again. Especially yeah, which, where he like sunk all his savings. Exactly, which just ties back to fortune what favors the brave. After fall, they climb up again. Yeah, which is interesting because he's kind of like picking himself back up. And then the next one, identity, losing my identity, which is like double yeah. barrel for me because a he's stepping back from being the lead singer of Maiden, but also it ties into the theme of the Ghost in the Machine, the Silicon Messiah rebirth. Yeah, the identity is gone. So yeah. to me, it's very concept. Yeah, like, but also kind of deep. Like, what more could you want than like an album that sticks to uh, the the concept of the Silicon Messiah rebirth right after the dot com, right after he comes out of a lead singer of like this huge band. It's like a rebirth. Like anyone that thinks this isn't at least a con, it's as deep as any concept we've done. Yeah, that's true. You know. Yeah, I love that part of it. So you're yes, we're on to identity now. But like seven yeah. songs in, and you hit identity. And at first, I kind of thought this was a bit of a lull on the album. Yeah. No, it's not. 
It's a really solid song. It's a really good song. Yeah. It's not quite as catchy as the rest of the album. Like, this chorus is... It's good chorus, but it doesn't compare to the catchiness of the ones that came before it. of riff around the chorus too is yeah awesome. it's awesome i love it yeah I, and the song live is i think the song is even better live i've got a clip of it live here they pick up the pace and the tempo a little bit and blaze just sings it a bit more like aggressively and this song comes off a lot better live i think I think it comes off better. So it is a little bit of a lull in the album, but like you have, in my opinion, every single song up to here yeah. is a nine or a 10. Yeah. And then you hit get hit with like a seven out of 10. Yeah. So it's a solid song, but to me, it doesn't really. It's funny because I've got it ranked as a seven out of 10. I, I only think it's a lull in the sense that the energy is so high in this album. Yeah. It's a lull yeah. only in terms of this album. And like when I'm listening through the album, I never skip it. So obviously it's not that much of a lull. And it does get stuck in my head. Like, I've had the song stuck in my head before. So, and it ties in really well. I don't know. Maybe it's not such a lull after all, now that I think about it. Yeah. It's just compared to how strong. I mean, you're into track number seven. And the yeah. first six songs to me are just like amazing. So, we've got so. The, the last three tracks now Reach for the Horizon, The Launch, and Stare at the Sun. Yep. I'm, at this stage in the album, I'm just dying for Stare at the Sun. But what do you make of uh, so Reach, Reach for the Horizon? Reach yeah. for the Horizon is that's one of my favorites I've, really oh this is one of my favorites on the album yeah. i love it but it has like a decent verse and but then when the pre-chorus comes it comes out of left field and then it hits a super catchy course again and blaze just like he's hammering you with these catchy awesome courses yeah. and vocal hooks this whole album Again, Blaze sounds awesome on it again. Yeah, it's not one of my favorite tracks in the album. No, it has... find it's less of a hook. To me, it has one of the best guitar solos on the album. Yeah. There's some kind of effect on the guitar. There's an echo on it. It might be two guitars laid on each other, a double tracked or something. I think there might be a talk box or some kind of effect. I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but the solo on the song, I think, is great. To me, this is like, I love the song. This is one of my favorites on the album. 
yeah, I don't know. For me, I, I think it's also this pace in the album. Like at this stage, yeah. he starts to lull, and I'm like, you know, I've been so rocking yeah. out. So I'm curious what you think of the next song. The launch. The yeah. launch. The, the one thing that I take away from this is every time it starts, I think it's a big track. Yeah, like well, it's a super fast, super catchy vocals. It's under three minutes. Harmony guitars at the beginning. So the part that you're talking about that reminds you of Maiden is this part. Totally sounds like Man on the Edge yeah, it does. to me. You know, it has a similar drum beat, similar tempo. The lyrics are both singing about like a person mm-hmm. in the third person. It has a better chorus, I think. So it sounds very Man on the Edge-ish. So like, if people aren't familiar with the Blaze era Maiden, Man on the Edge is another song Blaze wrote with Yannick and has a super strong resemblance to this one. In the feel, the drum beat, and the tempo. The riffs and the melodies are different, but there's a similarity there for sure. Um, but the, the drumming to me is exactly the same. Yeah. Um, I actually did a mashup of the two songs. Just so you can hear, it's it's really short, but just yeah. so you can hear, like when it fit, when it goes between one song and the other, yeah, listen to how similar the drums are. You can't even the drum beats exactly the same. So it goes back and forth. That's a short yeah. clip, but it goes from one song to the other. It goes back and forth four times. Yeah. But the drums, you can't even notice the difference in the drums. That was, that's awesome. Yeah. But also, that only proved to me how much more I like Man on the Edge. So I like the chorus for this way better. Yeah. Than the no. falling down, falling down. I love the Godspeed no. to you part. Yeah. But, but that's Maiden to me. Like, I mean, you know, that's that's part of the blazer. Like, falling down. I love yeah. that. Oh, I love both. Yeah. I just think the chorus on this one is stronger and catchier. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, I mean, this is a great song, too. And there, you really need at this point in the album to hit you with like a really up-tempo song like that because they're going in to stare at the sun which is i think the best song an epic on this album yeah. the last track on the album isn't seven it, minutes and 48 isn't seconds. this your favorite blaze song i think it's my favorite blaze song yeah, yeah. i think you said that before yeah yeah i i mean that's excellent it sounds like something i would say yeah it's so good <laughs> look i would say probably actually i'm going to step back from silicon messiah and say that this is the best drumming on the album yeah there's awesome insane. drumming on yeah it. it's yeah. so good it's such a slow build. Yeah. And then once it gets going, the it like never too. stops. And like it's one of Blaze's best vocal yeah. performances yeah. by far in his career, I think. Yeah, if you actually if you take one thing away from this episode is listen to this song. Yeah. Go on. Oh yeah, this one. If you want if you want to listen to one song, listen to Stare it's at the so Sun good. from the beginning to the end. It's epic. Yeah, it is an epic song. Album closer, man, is oh. really great. It starts off with this like sparse guitar and soft vocals, and it builds, and it kicks in, and when it kicks in, the drumming when it kicks in is awesome. And this is what you were talking about, the drumming on this album.
So it builds into this like yeah. rocking song. And then once it gets going, that's where it starts getting going. And it just never lets up. Yeah. It's awesome. I love the verses, love the pre-chorus, love the chorus. It's just like, it's amazing. There isn't anything, I can't think of anything bad to say about this song. The pre-chorus and the chorus are like probably the catchiest vocals on the album. So catchy, and you like you were saying the drumming. Oh, on right part. under the yeah, yeah, under the vocals there. He's yeah. just running through the bass pedal, but the whole time he's like just playing yeah, similar. Clang, the clang, the clang. drumming in this is amazing. Yeah, the double kick there yeah. is like super sparing. Yeah, and just his little accent. That yeah, sounds yeah. so cool. But like it's not even like consistent. It's like and then it's like pause, and then he's like playing it. Like he's got yeah. his timing is yeah. Off he's the an charts. awesome, awesome drummer. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. It's really cool. I love yeah. it. Yeah, and this yeah. the solos on this. I okay, so I've got clips of the solos. This is a two-part double solo. So it's John Slater and then Steve Ray does the second part. Okay, they share the solo with a little like heavy breakdown in between the two parts. So there's like a little heavy part in between the two parts of the guitar solo. Yeah. Both parts are 10 out of 10s for me. So these two, I, I'd count this, even though there's that heavy part in between them, I count this as one big long solo. And this solo is a 10 out of 10. There's a little harmony guitar in there that sounds awesome. The whole solo is like a minute and a half long. I'm going to play you John Slater's solo, most most of it, but here's a big chunk of it, just so you can hear how awesome it is. So I watched a whole bunch of YouTube clips to figure out who's playing what parts of all the solo. Um, I love the solo. that's the first part of the solo and then there's this heavy breakdown part and then steve ray comes in with a really cool different part and this one's super melodic too and i don't know this one it's such a like there's such a build-up and there's like a release on this solo it just sounds amazing to me And then they just come out of that and they go into the chorus a few more times. 
and Blaze just like belts it out. And man, the song is like it's one of my favorite metal songs. I think. Yeah. It's so great. Oh, it's so awesome. Yeah. It's so good. The only the only downside of this clip is that I just want you to play the whole track. Yeah. Well, everybody, go to your like. Go buy this on iTunes. Go buy the yeah. CD, or like go stream it on one yeah, of your. Good luck buying the vinyl. Yeah, <laughs> on, yeah. Go to Spotify or Google Music or whatever you listen to. Listen to this album three Just times once. through, you know, or listen to the first three songs and stare at the sun. Yeah. And if you don't love this album, like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But ear, I mean, your yeah. ears are broken. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Get new ears. Because basically, like Blaze, he gets the boot from Maiden. Yeah. He picks up the pieces, and he makes one of the best metal albums of the 2000s. Yeah. And it totally got overlooked by Brave New World because of timing. And this should have been like this amazing underdog story of a guy who gets kicked out of Maiden, comes back with this like amazing album and like a, you know, this underdog yeah. victory champion story. And I don't know, man. I don't yeah. understand. This album should be like up that, there in, in like, the, that's, when that's, people talk about the top albums yeah. of the 2000s, metal albums. This should be like way up there, I think. It should be up there. Yeah. The um, you know, where it is depends on what you call metal and not. Yeah. But it breaks my heart to hear that they they you know jerked him around on the release because that sucks. Well, yeah. I mean, I can tell you right and now. And he sunk all his own money into it. He sunk his own money. Yeah. I can tell you right now, I'm getting that vinyl. This yeah. is like a priority for me. Yeah. Um, I love this album. Yeah. I mean, you think of the year two thousand, Lincoln Park, Limp Biscuit. That's the kind of stuff that had they had like number one albums. Creed was at the top of the charts. You know what I mean? This is a little, I don't know. I guess maybe Blaze was a little too cool for what was going on in the middle of the time. Yeah. Honestly, I think this album is like too good for what was going on in the middle scene at the time. Yeah. Other than like Maiden. And there was a lot of good metal at the time. I'm, I'm just kind of saying the stuff that was popular like on you know MTV and stuff. I don't know. This is so much better. I don't oh, understand so why this album was overlooked. I know. So it's yeah. the time. This is 10 times any like Limp Bizkit album. <laughs> I know it's so good. I can't. Li- I can't wait to listen to the follow up yeah. album now, and and you know to get back into some of his other stuff. But man, if you want a intro into Blaze solo stuff, go check this album out because it's awesome. And I know you're listening to an Iron Maiden podcast. I can cut if you're into Maiden enough that you're listening to Iron Maiden podcast. Yeah, this is. I would you. assume that this is like up your alley, and you're yeah. gonna like it. I'm like a nine and a half out of ten. I would give this album. Oh my god, it's yeah. up there. It's up there. I mean, it, you know, it's just so well put together. TalkingMaiden.com. Go to TalkingMaiden.com slash talk if you love it or hate this album. Yeah. Give us some feedback on there. We'd love to hear it. Get us on Facebook. Get us on Twitter. Yeah. Go to TalkingMaiden.com. You can email us. Yeah. And uh, also the TalkingMaiden.com slash talk. Yeah. If there's an album you want us to do, yeah, just go on there and leave us a message. This episode, I feel like we were just like saying awesome a whole bunch yeah. times. I probably said awesome as many times as I said like. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. But uh, this makes up for the B-Sides episode that we just did two yeah. weeks ago where we like trashed a whole bunch of yeah, stuff. We're, we're not, we're that not. was like our most negative. Yeah, we're not mean people. We like music and beer. Yeah, we're just, uh, we're honest and we like when thing, we don't like things, we say we don't like it. We're not that's here right. to just be like cheerleaders for our meeting. No, we're not. We're very we're critical not. of stuff. This is a good album but, and it's uh, unfortunate that it didn't get the recognition it deserved. Yeah. But hopefully if we turn just a few people onto this album, that'd be enough for me. Oh yeah, totally. Perfect. Until next time, up the irons and down the hops. Yeah.